0: Welcome to the Harvest Time podcast. Harvest Time is a faith community reaching and embracing real people, engaging them in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit HarvestTime.net. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Good evening. Welcome to our Wednesday Bible study. Glad you guys are here. Got a few more coming in from the lobby that I can see from here. That's pretty awesome. So, uh, again, uh, before we get started, pardon our dust. Yes, I know it's a little dusty. We're tracking some of that in here, and that's okay. We'll get it cleaned up. We are in the, the middle, obviously, of a uh, project here, getting our, our new carpet in and opening up our, our four-year area. And so, uh, yeah, it's a, you guys get to see it, you know, in progress, which not, there are going to be people that just come in Sunday and it'll be done, hopefully. I think the carpet got here. Did the carpet get here? We, we, got, we got a note that said it was here, but I haven't seen it yet. So we're hoping, hopefully we can get things all painted and, and carpeted and, and get it ready to go by Sunday. That's our goal for sure. Um, but it's already looking so good out there, man. I just, I walked in and just felt so good. Uh, several things, obviously, we're redeeming a lot of space there. Uh, we now can get, you know, between 50 and 200 people in that space for things that we want to do to, to host people. One of the really big things it really opens the line of sight for people coming in the first time Now, if they're standing there getting coffee, they can see where the nursery check-in is. They can see where the doors of the worship center are. And if you're new somewhere, being able to know where to go is really important to you. And so those first impressions are super important to to folks that are guests for the first time. Now, once you've been here a few times, it doesn't matter. We all get used to however it is. But uh, when you're brand new, we want to make things that are much easier for folks to access and, and know where to go and where they can be served. And so I'm excited about all that, just redeeming the space um, making it more accessible and useful for ministry, better stewardship of that, and then also cleaning up those lines of cider, just, just, just a few of the things, uh, benefits we've got out there. So really excited. Uh, what's going to be really funny, though, is some of the people that come Sunday and didn't see what you got to see, they're going to come in and go, something's different. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue what it is because it's just going to look like it's, you know, it's just going to look like it's been that way. And they're trying, scratching the head, trying to figure out what it is. So that, that always happens too, and that's always kind of funny. So again, thank you for your uh, patience with us. We are in the midst uh, of, of that remodel out there. Got a lot of other great things going to go on, and we'll be able to show those soon. But we want to get started tonight, and we just want to open up and take a, have a time of prayer. And so if you would, just come to your feet. We're going we're gonna to stand here. Uh, why are we going to stand? Because then you have to forgive people. Because the Bible says when you stand praying, forgive. So uh, if you don't want to forgive anybody, just sit back down. Um, just kidding. But uh, we're going to stand and we're just going to take, uh, take our knees before the Lord. And this is a, you know, an intimate enough group that we can, we can be personal here. So if you have a need, just raise your hand. We'll call on you and let you share that. Yes, Miss Sam? Your grandchildren. A coworker, Your daughter to be saved. Okay. Uh, a, a great friend's family is going through some tragedy. Okay. Yes. Your best friend. All right. Okay. Got a funeral this week for a da- your daughter's friend who took her life. And that's a challenge for your daughter and all her friends. Difficult to deal with. Anybody else in this section? I'm going to kind of move this way. That way I don't lose anybody. Yeah. For your two daughters to be saved, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you got to. So you got a friend that's found a reason to feel like she doesn't need church, doesn't need God in her life. So I get I got you. We'll be praying for her. Yes, Vaughn. Your son? Alright, anybody up here? Miss Sheila? Your grandson? Okay. Okay. All right, so for those that didn't hear that, Kelly Ford, who sings in our choir, her father passed away, so I want to pray for her family. And then Paul McFadden's son is uh, at Mayo Clinic and needs a touch. All right. Anybody else? We miss anybody? Um, if you're near somebody, whatever, whichever one of these you recall, feel free to mention those specifically to God. But let's just take a moment and let's go to prayer. And if there's something you felt you just, you, know, you didn't want to ask or speak out, I understand. But if you've got a need, just make your requests known to God. Jesus says that that's how we receive what we have is that we make our requests known to God. So, Father, we just thank you right now that you are already at work in every one of these situations, God. But there is not one thing that burdens our heart that doesn't burden yours also, because you truly, truly care for us. But we don't carry our cares alone, God. We can cast them on you because of your great compassion for us, God. And so we give you these things tonight. We ask you for healing. We ask you for for salvation for our loved ones. We ask you to to be with those who are grieving. We ask you to bring comfort to those who need it. We ask for healing for those who need it. We ask for miracles and relationships, God. Put back together broken pieces and broken hearts tonight, God. Whatever it is that we come in this place, uh, either needing for ourselves or standing in for someone else for whom we hurt, God, we just ask you right now to be near because it is truly you that we Need and if you are with us, we have all we need, God. You are more than enough. You are good, you are loving, you are faithful. And we ask you to enter every one of these situations, touch our lives, mighty God. And may these tests be turned to testimonies, Father. May we come forth out of this season of mourning into a season of joy. May we put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness, God. May our our lives be anointed with the oil of gladness for mourning. And may you just replace that And may you work through us. Give us the strength to endure. Give us the right words to say to those that we are are in our family and that are our friends that are hurting God. Use us to minister to their lives. And we thank you for doing that. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, you can take your seats. And we are going to start our Bible study. I got to be honest. this isn't really a message. This is really not a, a message that I wanted to share. Um, I wasn't really. It wasn't, really wasn't a message I wanted to hear. And so, when when I was sitting in the service this weekend, Pastor Marty shared the message. There was one verse that he shared that just really struck me, and I and I just I heard God say. That that was what we were to expound on tonight and what we were to share tonight, and so I wasn't originally actually supposed to speak tonight, but be, due to some other events, we got moved around and so i'm I'm sharing tonight, and I know that God has an intentional word for someone here it's me. this message just spoke to me, and i I know it's going to also speak to some of you um, I, I always uh I always ask God to, to make sure, you know, just to, to speak to his people through his word. I, I truly, every time I get up here, whether it's a, a weekend, you know, which is a big deal, a lot more people in the room, or whether it's a Wednesday night, people are given an hour of their life to listen. And I say, God, have something for them, something that'll touch their spirit. And, uh, and I just really felt in this one, he's like, this is for you, I'm not just going to touch them. I'm going to reach everyone you talk to, but, but it's got to reach you too. And so I'm going to share something, and I think it's really interesting because it's something that Paul wrote to Timothy, and it's kind of about other people, but I think Paul was writing it to Timothy to say, hey, this isn't just for other people. This is for you. And I think a lot of times we have that perspective when we sit through a message. We sit there going, man, I wish they were here to hear this. Oh, my goodness, the people that need to hear this are not in the room. And God's going, it's you, dummy. It's you. I want you to hear this. So, you know, because a lot of times, and, uh, and I'll be honest, uh, women are much better at this than men. When, when you hear something that's beneficial to marriage, a lot of times guys are going, man, my wife needs to hear that. A wife is generally already going, wow, I, I, I kind of need to work on that. Um, now she wants you to hear it too, and she'll elbow you to make sure you heard it. But you know, because they're really good with that elbow notification system. But uh, but by and large, women naturally, or more naturally, I should say, not na- just naturally, but more naturally, uh, apply things to themselves as well. Whereas a lot of times, guys, because of the way we compartmentalize, you know, we sometimes disassociate ourselves from our need. Um, And so there are good things about the way God designed us, and then there are challenges, and we need to understand those. So so I hope that you have an open spirit and an open heart tonight. And I just want to start off and pray that right now. Father, just open our hearts to receive your word, to be fertile soil, just to, to allow you to truly speak to us. God, speak to me and through me that we could all grow more into the image of your son and all experience more the wonderful things you have in store for us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. 2 Timothy chapter 3, we'll start in verses 1 through 5. And this is Paul talking to his son in the faith, Timothy, who became the pastor of the church at Ephesus, and he says this, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, That, that verse, verse 5, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Now, I grew up in a very, very spirit-filled uh, group, and some of you may have a similar background. Some of you have no clue what I'm talking about when I say that. Um, but this was a group that, man, when we came to church, we expected the power of God to fall. And we knew the power of God fell if we just sang and danced the whole service and the preacher never got to preach. Come on, somebody. Anybody been in those services? That's how you knew the power of God fell. As a preacher never got to the Word of God because the Word of God doesn't really have a place if the power of God falls. We, we had a lot of messed up theology. Anyway, so, uh, so we, would, we would have service. And the idea was just to really have this great emotional experience. And there would be people, you know, praying in tongues and dancing around. And we had one sister we called Sister Hurricane because she would just spin in circles and knock over chairs and, and hit people when the Holy Ghost fell on her. And so I, I saw a lot of crazy stuff. So when Pastor Marty talks about, you know, punching old ladies, and stuff, that's what he's talking about. We actually saw those kind of things happen in church as kids. And so, uh, now, God bless them. I know people are genuine in their faith, many, um, some, some just naive in it, but some very genuine in it. Um, however, we use this verse. I heard this verse a lot. I heard this verse presented as having a form of godliness. They go to church, but they don't have the power of God. They don't pray in tongues. They don't spin around. They don't, they don't do all the stuff that we do. I need to tell you that's not what it's talking about. Okay, when it talks about denying the power of God, it doesn't mean the, 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 the expressions that people have when they feel the Spirit of God on them, because every one of us will respond to that differently based on our upbringing and based on our personality. If you're in a church that did that, you're more likely to do it than if you grew up in a church that didn't, okay? So it's not about those expressions. Some people clap their hands, some people don't. Some people like to throw their hands up. Some people, you know, do the Holy Ghost hop, you know, and, and, and some people don't. And so it's not, talk, that's not the power of God. The power of God is not all the stuff that we humans do to express our personality uh, and our modeling that we've experienced through time. The power of God, this word right here, denying its power that word is uh, dunamen and it's the same root word as the word in Acts where it says, but you, you shall receive power, dunamis, after the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will what? You'll dance in circles? No. You will be my witnesses. That power enables us to be. And that word power, that Greek word dunamen or dunamis, that root there simply means the energy or ability. It's the ability. It's the ability. You have the ability. That's exactly what he's saying. He says there are people, though, that have a form of godliness but deny. uh, And and that word actually means they refuse the ability. They refuse to be what God wants them to be. In other words, those who love themselves, those who disobey, those who lack self-control, who don't forgive... They are simply disabilitying or disabling godliness in their life because it is a disability, a denial or refusing to allow the ability God's put in you to do what God says. The ability is there, but people refuse it. So denying the power of God is simply choosing not to do what he says. That's really what this verse is talking about. When it says having a form of godliness, but denying its power, it simply means that, yeah, they have some some outward religious profession and presentation, but they don't do what God says. They're denying the ability God's given them to do what would lead them into a healthy path, to, to follow the plan that he's given them. They're just refusing it. They're denying it. They're refusing it. And so many do this. Uh, Outside the church, but guess what? There are a lot of people that do that from a church seat. There are a lot of people that deny the power of God in their life that come every week. They have a form, a presentation, an appearance that the Word of God and the Spirit of God are in charge in their life, when in fact their daily life is lived absent His influence. Because this isn't a weekend service conversation. This isn't about the power of God coming on you in a church service. And the funny thing is, a lot of those people that expressed the power of God in the ways that I saw growing up, they didn't do that at work on Monday. They only did that at church. And this conversation, having a form of godliness but denying its power, is not about what happens in this room. It's about what you are Monday through Friday. It's about 24-7 having the ability to put into practice the things that God has said. In other words, the question is, is the church something that we do? Is it one of many things in our life? Or is the church who we are? Is it the way we live our lives? Watch what's said of these people. People who deny or refuse the ability God's given them. to to be godly. Look at verse 6, and we're going to go on. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women